Hello, John here. Quick heads up to start the podcast. This week's show contains conversations about sensitive topics to do with race in relation to voice actors and depictions in Japanese animation. We've done our best to use correct terms and language, however, please understand we are doing our best to educate ourselves and we very probably get some of it wrong. So, we apologise in advance. As two white men from the UK, we in no way claim to understand or be experts in the experiences of others. However, to be silent on an important topic such as this felt disingenuous, especially when it affects such a large part of the anime community, as well as being something that Thomas and myself are passionate about. We totally understand, though, if you don't want to listen to two unqualified, internet-silly people talk about such sensitive topics. Which is why this message is here. All the content I just talked about occurs from 25 minutes onwards. We'll also link in this week's description works and articles by more qualified creators if you're interested in learning more. And for everyone, Black Lives Matter. Here's the show. So I said to the giant murder wasp, I said, Welcome to Geeks and Gaijins. I'm the Gaijin John. I'm the Geek Tom. Where we bring the Japans to you. All of them at once. I hope you have a big house. <laughs> this might take up the memory on your phone or other portable device. Yeah, we've got to fit in about 125 million people, so it'll be a bit of a squeeze. <laughs> it's a bit of a squeeze as is. This week we have many wonderful tomic tomics. Tom, yes! do we have many wonderful topics? They're all now mine. All of the topics are now possession of Thomas. Yes. Oh, all your topics are belong to us. And so what are those topics that belong to you, Thomas? What are we going to be talking about this week? Uh, well, I'm going to so graciously share you the choice topics of uh, the Japanese Defense Forces emoticon drama <gasps> and some other stuff that does not come to mind immediately because I didn't expect it to be running this part of the show. <laughs> There's going to be a snack break, that's all, that's all I can be sure of. Yes, well, we have that. We have uh, the drama of a CGI studio Ghibli film. Heresy. First stills have been released to that. Uh, well, everything is heresy. Welcome to Japan. <laughs> heresy! <laughs> it's different, therefore it must be wrong. Indeed. And then we have a topic that is totally light and happy, uh, something that Tom has been researching, so please blame him for this. This is my fault. It's looking at black voice actors and representation in voice acting. If you can't tell by our voices, we are both extremely white. <laughs> <laughs> so very white. It, yes, yeah. It's not necessarily the best place you should be finding out about this stuff, but it's somewhere. So there's that. And some internet people got angry, so we thought we'd slap them down, as is our not our job. We just enjoy doing it. <laughs> I, we felt that if we were going to complain about these people in private we might as well make a show out of it and i i the thing is thomas i just don't get near enough hate mail <laughs> that's that's true i am not nearly harassed or inferred my life nearly enough i feel like that would add a nice little bit of spice to my life exactly I think we really exactly. feel like i'm alive and then maybe some nintendo bits to finally wiggle it all around so first of all the fun stuff yeah. Uh, Japan, for those who don't know, has a self-defense force. This is the phrasing of what they call the army. It, it Anywhere else it would be called the army. 
it's called the self-defense force here because Japan, if you don't know, was banned for quite a long time from having an offensive army because... They proved they couldn't behave themselves when they were given one, so they had to have it taken away from them. Exactly. So now they're only allowed it every other weekend. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's become very controversial regardless that are they going to then get involved in other conflicts outside Japan? It has been mainly a self-defense force and everyone got very angry at Shinzo Abe when he was like, oh, well, I've got an army. I kind of want to use it. No, no, not allowed. However, the Japanese self-defense force has got into an arguably more controversial controversy this week. (laughs) A controversial controversy, yes. The Japanese self-defense force has a lot of uh, communication with other parties outside of it. And in doing so, it uses a common Japanese communication tactic of using emoticons, not emojis. John's already chastised me for confusing the two before on a previous episode. But they use characters to form faces and call it emoticons, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. You've been on the internet. It's the uwu face. It's it's <laughs> those things. It's the open bracket, asterisk, you, asterisk, close bracket. I feel like you're underselling the artistry of it, but yes, you're mostly right. You've got a good entry-level grasp of it there, John. If we're going to go into the artistry, we might end up on those bloody YouTube comments of, be like Bob. Bob doesn't do a racism. (laughs) Be like Bob. Hey, those emoticons had a severe impact on my political outlook on life. I have not been racist since I met Bob. So (laughs) He's just such a good guy. Anyway, the Japanese Self-Defense Force have also not been explicitly racist, so they have <gasps> been like Bob, but uh, they've done a, a different bad with no, their no. emoticons because uh, they traditionally would sign off quite a lot of their communications with a sort of uh, left-handed salute Indeed. emoticon. Salute you know, emoticon. It was very cute. It was very nice, and it had that sort of you know pa- pageantry about it. This isn't the Japanese Defence Force as a whole. This is not the Minister for Defence going, don't know how I'm feeling, might bomb North Korea later, LOL. This is specifically a provincial, this is the Ehime Provincial Corporation Office. So it's one of the prefectures. Uh, it's like one of the outreach for one of the prefectures. Yeah, okay. It's not the entire organisation as a whole. Sorry for misleading you on No, that. it's Thank a state. It's like a state. For our American listeners, it's like a state basis. So it's like the the Ohio... It doesn't actually make it better. The entire army in Ohio is just like, you know what? Just ending everything with, like, bomb emojis. It was probably just one guy who was having a great time and enjoying himself, or herself, or themself. So why has this emoticon caused such a shameful display? Well, uh, the problem was not that it was like adorable or cute or informal or anything, because this prefecture group has an otter mascot, which is adorable, and I would highly recommend everyone check out. Uh, it's because it was using the wrong arm. <gasps> the wrong arm, you say? The old emoticon has been removed from official discourse, but it has been replaced with a new and improved emoticon arm, but not only is saluting with the right arm, which is the right arm. Nah. But it's it, uh, improved because the bicep of the saluting arm is now parallel with the ground, as is tradition, apparently. I have not up on my saluting law. But yes, that will be how it goes on in the future. You'll be getting a cute right-handed salute instead of a cute left-handed salute. 
And it seems to have changed the the emoticon's face as well. So I feel like the emoticon has been fired because they've not just they've not just changed like the arm bit to the different side. They've changed they've changed his little face as well. Yeah, no word on why the face had to be changed, but I don't see it as a massive uh, devalue. So uh, it's fine by me. No, this, this is Japan, the world where the military of a specific province have a cute otter mascot with a flower in its hair and is talking about the disputes of emoticons. This is national news. Well, it isn't really. <laughs> it's Twitter news, which is like halfway. It's like about a third less. Mm, I, I, I would argue even less, but to be fair, most of our show is based off Twitter news, so I won't go too depth into how bad that is. I'll be shooting myself in the foot. If you want to see this yourself, it, they are at ehime underscore PCO. Uh, it's all in Japanese, but uh, emoticon faces are not Japanese. They're universal. Notably, they are also using emojis in the tweet where they announced retiring an emoticon. Which emojis did they use? There are saluting soldiers emojis, and they're just like, nope, not going to use that. They use the the like the teardrop. The of okay, I'm covering over them, and Twitter is telling me what they are. Um, ah, wonderful. So there is face with cold sweat. Ah, classic. That is the one with like the little raindrop, and he looks sad. There is the disappointed but relieved face where they have like a tear <laughs> and look sad. Then under that is person bowing deeply and it does not look like that. It looks like someone has little blue like lights piercing out their head. And the other one is grinning face with smiling eyes as opposed to grinning face with dead eyes, which is me every Wednesday. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> as ever. Japanese emoji game is as on point as their emoticon game, which is apparently slightly subpar, but improving rapidly. Do you know what the internet has declared is not on point, Thomas? Uh, is it possibly the fact that Studio Ghibli is developing a 3D CGI movie, John? This is Aya and the Witch, based on a book called Earwig and the Witch by the same author who'd written Howl's Moving Castle. Mm-hmm. There's not many ways to say it. Stills have been released. It looks terrifying. Um, yeah. We had a good look through all these stills at the time to make sure we got the right idea. And there's a varying degree of quality on some of the stills released. The first one that was used the, as the header for the article we looked at is pretty pretty old and ugly looking. It looks like, like 2000s dreamworks level stuff yeah but some of the other ones once they get better lighting and camera angles and stuff do look a little bit more modernized it's very hard to tell exactly what the quality of the animation will be from this though which is going to be the main selling point this is being directed by goro miyazaki the son of hayo miyazaki the main person of ghibli fame i will sometimes say jibui because that's the japanese name for studio ghibli uh, because the word Ghibli is actually Spanish. Um, there you go. So, no, he has directed this. He has not directed too many successful films in the past. This is his third film? Third film. He directed Tales of Earthsea, which got resounding mess. 
and also another one which was so popular its Wikipedia article didn't have a picture. Which one was that called again? I don't know because it didn't have a picture and I am <laughs> like the T-Rex. My vision is based on vision. <laughs> Sorry for wasting your time, everyone. Have a nice day. <laughs> this was a mistake. This podcast was a mistake. We're f- morons. Sorry. Have a nice day. I can't remember things. I badly speak remember. His other film was From Up on Poppy Hill. Okay. Got meh. Got, well, it got, it got okay stuff. It made its money back. Yeah, all his films so far, well, his two films so far seem to have been financial successes and not like completely unpopular with the public. It's just had pretty negative critical reception. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's difficult to live up to the Ghibli standard in of itself. It's amazing that they do so well so consistently. But, I mean, if the movies are just bad, they're just bad as well. Yeah. It doesn't help that his dad is Hayao Miyazaki. And really, that, that, those are big shoes. Those are big the shoes. biggest of shoes. How, however, this is like, it seems an odd thing to start their CG. Like, this is their first CGI feature, uh, because and it's also it's going straight to TV in Japan. Though I don't know if that is just a coronavirus thing, because it was originally going to be first screened at the Khan Film Festival, and obviously that all got cancelled. Um, but it is still on like the Khan picks, so. I'm really unsure about the quality of this. I think we're going to have to wait because it's ending up, it's going to be broadcast on TV in Japan uh, winter this year. So when it will come to the West, God only knows. Maybe never, depending on its reception. But it looks very the worst witch, very like small child, scary world. Let's beat scary world with magic and a cat. Also, like funky mid '80s band, which is interesting. Yeah, with interesting <laughs> hair, lots of hair, lots of it. Fun to see how that works in CGI. Hopefully, I it's good. Not. I feel pity for the the uh, animators who are developing this for the first time and having to deal with all that hair. Yeah. Yes. Obviously, this is going to be an interesting take for the uh, for the fandom of Ghibli films because they don't really they haven't released one of these before, and it's a, it's a really big departure stylistically from their old stuff, uh, which has its own. It's very distinctive. So we'll see how it all merges. I would like to see a trailer for the film before I'd make any more judgments on it, but it's not put their best foot forward, sadly. Yeah. Whoever is in their marketing department. Um, a D minus, please see me, because this has not helped. <laughs> Fingers crossed for all of them. It's it's not easy, so I can appreciate it's going to be rough for all of them, especially at the moment. But <sighs> as I did say before, this is their first animated feature. However, they have made a fully animated uh, CGI work that is a short film that I've actually seen. Ah. <gasps> Which, which I know people are like, oh, what? You've seen a short film. Well done. Here is the cake and all your awards. <laughs> Thank you. No, this is a little short, a rather adorable short called Boro the Caterpillar, 
which is entirely made in CGI and is just about a little caterpillar. And it's adorable. Stupidly adorable. Now, the thing is, it looks like for a lot of it that it is 2D. However, it is all done in 3D CGI. And it's insane. It looks like it's difficult for your brain to believe that it is CGI. It's that good. And also, like, one of the big things about it also is it has no, like, sounds because all the voices and sound effects are made by one, a popular Japanese comedian called Tamori, who basically just does all the things like, <coughs> like the caterpillar, like eating things and like a wasp buzzing by. He's going like, you might be wondering, yeah. though. Why is it such a feat that I have seen this? And why have you never heard of this? Because it sounds adorable. Uh, that is because the only way you can currently see this is by going to the Studio Ghibli Museum uh, in Tokyo. Which is not encouraged. No, I think it's, well, it was shut down for a while uh, I because of everything. I don't know whether it still is. The thing is, uh, the, the Studio Ghibli Museum is quite well known for having a short film or a set of short films that you can watch. Well, you can. they only usually have one at a time. However, they even limit how many times you can see it when you're there. Because the museum is so popular, you have to buy tickets ahead of time. And then when you're in the museum, you can only go to see the short film once. Hmm. Your ticket gets stamped and that's it. It's like really limited. I myself personally have not seen an awful lot of this outside of a short video that John sent me because I am obviously not in Japan and unable to go and see anything that is currently being shown at the Ghibli Museum, regardless of situation. But uh, it was really fascinating to look at. It just managed to avoid a sort of uncanny valley between the two different styles, and they really do make it look so that when it's still, it looks like it's 2D drawing. But it the movement is very fluid that can only be really done with CGI. And it was fascinating to watch little clips of it. It looked a lot like something you might see come out from Studio Orange. It reminded me of Beastars uh, when I, from what I could see, uh, which is actually quite different in result to what looks like is coming out from Aya. I've just been doing some research. They're, please prove me wrong, because I want to watch them. It's almost... It's like it's impossible to watch them now. They're just like in a Ghibli vault. Like, you could see it at the museum, but that's it. Hmm. Which is a bit kind of wow. Because uh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's eleven short films. Goodness. Uh, that have been showing at the Ghibli Museum since it opened in 2001. So there might end up being a new one soon. I do hope that the Boro is released because it's it's such a great little short film, and it really it plays off some of the CG stuff because it really is. Um, it's like the uncanny. It's the uncanniness of like an insect world that is so different from our own, and our little protagonist is just this cute little caterpillar who just wants to eat things. Nom 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 nom. The hungriest little caterpillar. And I am also the hungriest little caterpillar, so it's time for snack break. Hey! What have you got for us this week, John? Well, I will tell you a little story first. So this is the snack break where I eat edible things from Japan. Not non-edible things, because that would be rude. So 
I went to a different shop this week, I know. Oh, mind-blowing. <gasps> I seem to walk in to the Japanese equivalent of Aldi. Uh, this is... I've tried to think about this for our international listeners. Uh, Aldi is like a discount supermarket where you don't really know what half the brands are. Half the brands are in slightly different languages, but a bunch of the other stuff is really cheap and also really quite good. Aldi nails getting their brands to look almost exactly like brands you know, but not close enough to be legally important. <laughs> Whereas I don't know any of the brands in Japan, so everything is copying the thing I saw in the discount supermarket. They also their bread is really good. They ju- they actually make like proper bread, and it's cheap. <gasps> I, I'm in, I'm in love. However, <laughs> there was something that caught my eye whilst wandering around with my newly acquired bread. To find, I was looking for some biscuits to have in my tea, as all British people need. It's a basic instinct. And I found some magic cubes. <laughs> I can see why these caught your eye. Goodness me, that is delightful. For everyone at home, I do eventually upload these to the Instagram, the Gaijin John. Um, this is a bag literally with just full English written across it magic cubes and they are like wafer they look like wafer cubes uh notably on the front there is no japanese so there is english there is german french and also arabic and also malaysian because on the back of it these are a product of malaysia these magical magic cubes but also all the nutritional information is in English and also in a small third in Japanese. (laughs) Those do look like the sort of snacks that you don't really want to read the nutritional information for. No, they really don't. These are from Malaysia, but I just, I was just so drawn to the fact of there are some Japanese people at home who go, ah, what shall we have? What shall we have for dessert? Ah, I know the magic cubes. (laughs) <laughs> that was that was me when I was five and when I yeah. was ten and when I was fifteen and oh god it keeps going now just all the time now yeah so I have a feeling these are exported all over the world due to the fact <laughs> the amount of languages they are in um, uh, yes let's all get around the table relax and make peace when I open the magic cubes magic cubes is for everyone. Now, you describe these as sort of wafer cubes, and I feel like, whilst I understand, because I can see what you're eating, that that makes sense, that might give the impression that it's wafer all the way around, where actually it's like layers of wafer joined together with something white. Creamy. Creamy. So there is, there is another version of this that was white wafers with chocolate cream. Nice. So I it the best way they, they also have a top saying a freshness zip so Ooh. there is a freshness zip now upon looking at them the best way I can describe it is like if someone got a pink wafer biscuit mm-hmm. and sprayed it brown <laughs> it does look like it's uh, been covered in some sort of sugar or something. I can't quite no, tell. I think that's just the default colour, Thomas. That's just how it looks. Okay. It's yeah. Very shiny. 
Uh, less yeah. of a cube, more of a cuboid. I'm, I'm slightly disappointed. That is misleading yeah. advertising. But yeah, so there seems to be like s- several layers of cream with a couple of layers of wafer that is not holding together well. Turns out um, magic does not ensure smooth flights from Malaysia. Who knew? <laughs> oh, God. Just eat the wafer, John. <laughs> eat the takimasu. You look perplexed. Yes, because I expected a crunch. I expected oh. a wafer crunch. Yes, that seems to be the main appeal of wafer. And it there was no crunch. It was soft. The... Because the oh. majority of this wafer is not wafer. It is the cream. Mmm. So you get like a slight, like... I'll have another one quickly. Mmm. That sounded crunchy. This one is a better crunch. Okay. Might have been a dud. A dud magic cube. A non-magic cube, if you will. Yeah, it's like a squishy, creamy block. So yeah, it's like it's got a decent chocolate flavour. The vanilla flavour is quite strong from the cream, which is good. It literally has vanilla flowers on the outside going, this is vanilla flavour, and I'm like, I believe that's vanilla flavoured. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't wrong. No. But no, the cue, the the wafer is a bit down. I I I give that a partially magic cube. Like, it's alright, but if I end up in Malaysia and I turn into a shop and I see magic cubes, I'll buy some. I, I'll buy some magic cubes. I don't cubes. know why when you said turn into a shop, my mate, my brain immediately went, he's going to transform into a <laughs> store? What is this? <laughs> why would you do that in Malaysia? I've also just realised that about, like, 10 minutes into talking about this segment that magic cubes from Malaysia just sounds like drugs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm, well. They're not drugs, that, that, it's wafers, it's wafer and cream. It's just wafer and cream, Mum, I promise. Don't take away my magic cubes. <laughs> I need them. I need magic cubes. And I also need... Good representation in voice acting anime. Thomas! Hello! John has left. He is bailed out of his conversation. <laughs> he is not prepared. And neither am I. However, it turns out magic cubes can resurrect you from the dead. Only once, though, and only uh, in my apartment in Japan. So... <laughs> Just never leave, then. You're good. Get stocked up on magic cubes. Yeah, but I have to leave to get magic cubes. It's a, it's a, oh, it's a cycle. That's the risk. That's the drama behind the whole story. Is is he safe outside of his apartment whilst getting the stuff to keep him them all? <laughs> okay, so for anyone who's been paying attention to uh, just random internet drama and the anime community recently, everyone will know that the recent yes, John. Also, just the news right now is is has a lot of things to do with. Well, that will be race. <laughs> later but to get a specific example down i just wanted just wanted to, to put that there yes you're right john thank you for your contribution we appreciate you well i'm gonna say we're gonna talk a lot about race in this situation and obviously that's a very heated topic at the moment and not something that you really should have to go to to white dudes on the internet to really be informed about there are a bunch of other people much smarter and more informed than both me and john on the topic john and i there you go. But it also isn't our place to just be silent and pretend it's not happening. Like, yep. there's no way 
being white is not our get out of jail free card on this. It's not white isn't the default race. We don't get to pretend we're a-racial in this topic. So we might as well make our statements positive and actually make a contribution that will mm-hmm. help people. So there are also relevant comments to do with a person living in Japan. So we're not just raising this for no reason, but that will come up later. Good point. Good point. So the actual topic is that recently the My Hero Academia have caught up to some of the one of the later episodes in the series where it introduces a bunch of top 10 superheroes, including fan favorite Mirko, the rabbit superhero, or as John likes to call her, the step on me bunny. It, it literally, if you've not seen her design, it's an anime about superheroes. It The reason this character is popular is because people are into some stuff, and that's cool. <laughs> we don't question it. But this is a Christian Discord server. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there was a comment online that said that they weren't all too happy with how the English dub did it, because... That didn't match with their expectations for somehow, and some idiot decided to interpret it uh, as she didn't sound black enough with their comment, black should sound black. There's so many levels to how that statement is ridiculous, and I can't even be sure that it wasn't just an internet troll, so I'm not going to pay any attention to it, because it's self-evidently false, and I don't want to give that person a platform. But it sparked a lot of discussion in the internet, especially around the current situation where it's, where we're having a lot of conversations about black representation and discrimination and racism. So I decided, how about I take this opportunity to look into exactly what the anime dubbing industry is like for that sort of stuff. And also, quickly, uh, the voice actress for Miro is actually black in the English dub. Yeah. Lots is... of people already pointed that out. Yeah, it's yeah. just... Like I said, it's a stupid comment that can be disproven in five seconds by anyone with a working brain. It doesn't matter. Do you want to have a go at saying her name, Thomas? Uh, her name is Inez Canones, for anyone who's interested. And she's got a long history in voice acting. She's got quite some experience, although recently she's probably best known for voice acting both Mirko in My Hero Academia and Nessa in the Twilight Wings videos for Pokemon. She also voices a black woman in Pokemon as well. She's one of the gym leaders who is mostly famous throughout the internet of the fact that mods came out almost immediately to make her white. Wow. God damn. Yeah. I had forgotten about that. Anyway, so, uh, as you might understand, that this search for black representation, black voice acting, was difficult because, unsurprisingly, a lot of Japanese culture doesn't really understand or have a lot of accessibility to people of color uh so anime does not usually have large casts of black people in it i managed to find like three shows that predominantly featured uh african uh protagonists uh, i'll give those a, a little shout out here so uh there's a show called michikoto tohachin which uh is based in south america and features a cast of uh, Afro-Brazilian characters. So I'm just going to is... say we are going to get some of these terms wrong because this is this is we are trying our best. Most of my information is coming from wikis, and I don't know who has written these wiki, wikis or how accurate the information is. I'm just trying my best to convey information. Yeah, uh, there was also obviously Afro Samurai, which uh, heavily featured Samuel L. Jackson in the lead role. 
a show we've already mentioned on this show before, but not in this context, which was Cannon Busters, which heavily featured Afrofuturistic uh, elements and black characters. But that one was explicitly uh, created by a uh, black director and writer. So Who lives in Japan. Other than that, not an awful lot of black characters and even fewer who are actually voiced by black people. In the English dubs as well, because Japanese dubs, these people are not voiced by black people. They're all voiced by Japanese people. Um, yes. Yeah, so here's a quick aside as a foreigner living in Japan. Japan's population is 98% Japanese. I'm not going to say wrong and it makes me want to throw up my magic cubes. It's just uh, factually inaccurate. Yes. However, 2% of Japan's like population is some kind of is some kind of other different nationality or is different nationality or not native Japanese. This is an exceedingly small percentage. There are a huge amount of Japanese people who up to this point will never have an extended interaction with a person who is not Japanese. I live in a city of 80,000 people. And I am one of the most exotic people here. I'm a white British man with blonde hair. I am literally the most boring thing to look at in the world. <laughs> I am this city's idea of diversity. And that scares me. Uh, <laughs> it's not that J Japan is doing better. Japan is trying. Like, I'm here, literally. My prefecture has a lot of overlap with Jamaica for some reason. The Jamaican uh, athletics team practice here, where, uh, practice in my prefecture, whenever they are coming to compete in, in East Asian sports tournaments. So Japan is trying, it, it is, but like a lot of Japanese people, not all of them, but a lot of Japanese people find racism something very hard to get their head around because they're like, because their environment is so homogenous. Yeah. It's a, there's been a long Japanese history of isolation and insulation, so it's part of that, really. And it's going to take a long time for them to grapple with it. Clearly, a lot of Japanese media is inspired by the culture the writers and directors uh, exist in, and if most of those people have never experienced uh, seeing a, a person of color or even a white person outside of foreign media, they're just not going to include them, really. Unless they're making yeah. a conscious effort to, which is why you will see most anime not feature anyone who isn't Japanese. Yeah, and and yeah. So unless lots of Japanese people are living in, if there are Japanese people listening who want to like who want to change but our ideas on this, please do. The context I get because my Japanese is not good enough to have any kind of conversation on this level uh, with people. Oh yeah, me and John aren't teachers in this regard. We're still learning. We're just trying to. I'm just observing and we should all learn together. That's what we that's what we are all trying to do. But it's like another weird thing that people get when they hear, oh, Japan is 98% Japanese, is of course the stereotype that everyone in Japan looks the same. Which hot take hot take here, Thomas. Hot take, I'm gonna <laughs> burn down your roofs. <laughs> that's wrong. No. Japanese, I do not go outside, see the postman, and go, oh, that's the that's the baker. No. It's... <laughs> First of all, Japanese people think exactly the same about you. They think all <laughs> white people look the same. Because frankly, everyone, we do. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
Seriously, because especially in Japan, like one of the weird things, like especially with characters, is very difficult to tell whether they're in anime if they are black characters or they are tanned characters. This might seem yep. like a stupid this might seem as a stupid distinguishment to someone outside of Japan. But Japan, like Japanese skin color has like many different like variations. There are people who are very mm. pale. This seems really dumb to get across to you, but there is so much in people's head that everyone in Japan looks the same. Mm. But there are like people who are more pale Japanese people, who are darker Japanese people, who are more tan Japanese. And these are either people from different places in Japan or their parents were from different places in Japan. Because a good way to put this in perspective is Japan is a very long country. Like, if you take Hokkaido, if you put Hokkaido is where England is on a map of Europe, uh, that would make Kyushu the most main southern island around the south of Spain. And as I am forcibly told, to my great despair, I do not look Spanish. <laughs> so Japan does have a huge amount of variation in their body types and their skin types. Uh, and that is, I, I don't know how much of an issue that is. There is some interesting betrayal. There's an anime called Golden Kamui, which is specifically about like treatments of race and some elements because it's to do it's set in Hokkaido in the turn of the 19th to the 20th century and specifically about Japanese treatment of the native Ainu people but also along with that is you have people from all over Japan ending up in Hokkaido and specifically characters who appear different in terms of like their tan level and the way they are drawn to specified places in Japan they're from. So specifically a code talker from like Kyushu or people from central Japan or from more northern Japan. It, it's, it's a very interesting way of doing it. And it brings up a thing that you think in the, that you don't tend to think of in the West. Uh, yeah. And it, it's not understanding that central idea that there's different skin colors to a Japanese person that I think has been miscommunicated to the West and is how you get situations where you people claim characters like Mirko or Jet Black from Cowboy Bebop or something like that is a person of color, despite their skin tone not actually reflecting that. And it might have something to do with sometimes these characters are voiced by uh, black people, and sometimes it might be because they're voiced by white people attempting to imitate a stereotypical black voice or something like that. Whatever that Which, is. Whatever that is. Yeah, it was fascinating looking through the list of... Uh, popular black characters in anime because a lot of them i was like is that actually someone from like an american or african country or are they just dark because like we said with mirko she none of the information we have on her suggests that she's any from anywhere other than japan or that she has any extended family that comes from anywhere outside of japan i might be wrong on that but it's confusing and it makes it muddies the waters on the conversation really yeah, it's a hard conversation, but lots of places in Japan are doing our best. We are, despite we are making jokes because we are a com we are well ostensibly a comedy podcast. Um, <laughs> this is a serious issue, and it's something that if you are interested in, please do not listen to two white people from the UK talk about it. Listen to Japanese voices. Listen, listen to black creators. Listen to Hispanic creators. Listen to people who should be listened to. 
we are learning with you, as we all are, and trying to do better. Gambarimas. Yes. We will do our best. And that felt like a very serious way to end it on. Um, also, fun fact, the animated series The Boondocks, uh, which is quite well known through the internet, uh, was specifically influenced by the creator's love of uh, anime and manga and tries to, like, influence that and also got quite a lot of work recreating that. So it is it is interesting how these different things all influence each other. But now... This is our live reaction, slightly after our recording, um, of <laughs> the release of a fighter from arms. And Sakurai is there being cute on his tiny couch. As a fight, there seems to be a Mr. Arms and a robot arms. In the trailer, all the characters from arms are fighting over the invitation. Ah, classic. Yeah. All the while, for some reason, Kirby and Captain Falco are eating ramen. <laughs> As they should. I mean, oh, there we go. There's Min Min. Min Min's in the game. There you go, fans. That's not a surprise. Oh, that's some reach. Oh, no. Yeah, they got the uh, arm switching up. That was, oh, yeah, she's got the reflector kick. I guess that. Hell yes. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, that's so long. The arms are so long, John. And that's all the arms characters for the ultimate. Oh, so they did. They include everyone. Yay! Yeah, no, that is insane reach. Oh my god, I know nothing about professional Smash, but holy moly! I'd have to get a read on the speed of those shots because I didn't really pick it up. But there you go. It was Min Min all along from the Nintendo Noodle House. Oh, I didn't even realize. I will say that is kawaii as hell. To be honest, out of all the characters, she looks really interesting and her design is fun. Yeah. That's legit fun. And on that note, it's time for us to end the show. Thank you all for coming. Uh, Thank you all and listening to us ramble. How how much of that got left in the podcast? Who only knows? <laughs> anyway, we stream uh, on Tuesdays and Saturdays on twitch.tv slash geeksandguidance. As usual, we are still chogging our way through Danganronpa 2. It's it's fun and everyone is dying, which is sad. Uh, yeah, but it's a good game. And also we are on the Facebooks, the Twitters. Like us, follow us, tell us all the ways we are wrong. Uh, also on Gmail and things as well. We are geeksandguidance at gmail.com. Uh, yes, thank you all for coming. Check us out. My series on the YouTube has now been completed. If you want to learn about uh, women in shonen action and anime. And I hope to see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Stay safe. Bye-bye.